Hey there, I'm Melanie Reed, and this is The HR Mentor. I'm coming to you today from the unceded traditional territories of the Tecumlips Tishikwetan people. I want to express my deep gratitude that I'm able to live, work, and play on these beautiful lands. Happy New Year! I know it's already the end of January, but this is the first episode of Season 4, so this is my very first chance to say that to you. I really hope you've had an amazing holiday and you feel rested, recharged, and ready to live your intention for 2023. For those of you that are new to this space, welcome. I'm thrilled that you decided to listen today, wherever you're coming from in the world. Now, you may be wondering what I mean by an intention. Well, I want to encourage you to check out episode 21 of the HR Mentor after you're done listening to this one. It's called How Intentions Can Improve Your Life. And in this episode, I discuss why I set intentions every new year instead of goals or resolutions. I also explain the eight little steps I take to get there each year. Something I do over the holidays and it's become a bit of a ritual over the last four years. I'm also really excited to announce that over the holiday break, I created a brand new resource for our HR Mentor Fan Club members. It's a beautiful eight-page workbook that walks you through all the steps I use to create my annual intention and how I narrow it down to a single word. Now, if you're not a member yet, don't worry. You're able to join at any time. But make sure you check out the link in the show notes wherever you're listening and learn more and also sign up and try it out for a month. Speaking of the fan club membership site, it was one year ago that I launched this amazing space for emerging HR professionals. In this site, you will find bonus episodes of the podcast, audio lessons, and some incredible downloads and resources to help you develop as an HR professional and to help you live a healthy, happy life. When you join, you're going to get instant access to my recruitment action plan template and guide, an audio lesson on how to have courageous conversations, and my decision-making tool that will help you say no to taking on anything that doesn't align with your purpose, values, and goals for the year. There is so much to discover, and it costs less than a cup of coffee and a cookie each month, which I think is incredible value. This year, my intention is clarity. And already aligning to this intention has helped me feel more balanced on a daily basis, more certain about where I'm headed, and much more focused on fewer activities, but ones that I think are going to make a bigger long-term difference. Feels really good to simplify, to feel prepared, And honestly, just to be aligned with what's important to me. I know a lot of people don't take the time to do that, to check in and see what's important and and what aligns with their values and goals. So I encourage you to try out the intention setting process today. No, this isn't something that has to happen before January 1st in order for it to work. So you can do it at any time. And If you do sign up and try it out, I'd love to know how you're doing and have you share your intention with me if you feel comfortable doing that. 
You may have also noticed that I've gone through a bit of a rebranding exercise since my last episode of season three. It's a bit of a minor shift, but it includes a new logo, some fresh colors that I'm really excited about, um, and also some updates to my contact details. The website has a new URL and new names on the social media. So you can find everything at www.thehrmentor.ca or The HR Mentor on social media. Of course, there are links wherever you're listening, so don't worry if you can't remember that. All right, so now that you're all up to date on what's new with me, let's talk about what's going on in HR. To be honest, when I was preparing for this episode, I realized I'm not seeing a ton of changes in the 2023 landscape in terms of the focus of the HR function, at least in North America. We seem to be in the endemic mode of the COVID-19 pandemic, and that, of course, has opened up the world for more travel and access, uh, but we're definitely still facing many challenges. We are still in a labor shortage, and as I said last year, this is not going away anytime soon. Sadly, the war in Ukraine is still waging on, and we have a lot of supply chain shortages for many goods. But as a result of all that, we're also now dealing with inflation and higher interest rates that are putting a lot of pressure on individuals and families. And you're probably feeling it yourself. Even my kids have started to notice how expensive things are in the grocery store. And of course, as we know, when employees are feeling extra pressure, that puts pressure on our workplaces overall. Generally speaking, everyone is pretty exhausted. So while it seems like the focus for HR hasn't changed dramatically, there will be an extra emphasis on a couple of areas that organizations and HR leaders will need to attend to. As always, there's so much to talk about. So let's get started. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast, the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately, a fulfilling HR career. According to a recent report by McLean & Company, many HR departments are continuing to play a more key role in the development of organizational strategy and are steadily increasing in terms of the external perception of HR's overall effectiveness in an organization. Now, this comes as no shock to those of us that have always seen the direct connection between the role HR plays and the success of the organization. After all, organizations are full of people. But for those individuals who never saw the value of an HR function in an organization, the last three years of business challenges directly related to and impacted by the availability and well-being of employees well, they're starting to wake up and it's about time. In any case, it's great to see more and more HR teams delivering value and being recognized for the contributions they bring to the overall success of the organization. So what do HR professionals and HR departments need to keep their eye on in the year and years to come? 
Well, I have five trends that I'm certainly keeping an eye on that might be worth your time and attention. I identified these by looking at some of the changes over the last year, as well as the pressures that I'm now seeing and hearing organizations facing. As well, I looked at predictions and surveys that were conducted by other HR-focused organizations like McLean & Company, Gartner, Sherm, etc. Let's get into it. The five trends that I think are important priorities for HR in the next year to come include a focus on employee well-being, increased workplace flexibility, employee development, automation and HR tech, and of course, equity, diversity, and inclusion. Let's talk about each one. One of the things that I already mentioned is that people are dealing with a lot right now. In the same survey that I talked about previously from McLean & Company, of the almost 1,000 people surveyed, 35% of them reported higher levels of stress and 38% reported feeling burnout. And it's important to note that what we're talking about is stress beyond a normal level of stress that adults experience, because we all experience a certain amount of stress, especially if we're working in HR. Um, but as HR professionals and employers, we should definitely be concerned by these numbers. You know, we're not talking about, as I said, normal levels of stress that keep us motivated and potentially you know feeling that edge of a good deadline we're talking about people who are checking out because they're feeling so overwhelmed now if you want to keep great employees this is a really important area that you should be focused on because if employees are not well well it's going to show up in a lot of ways and you're probably already seeing these symptoms of burnout and fatigue in your workplace you might be seeing increased sick days, uh, more conflict among coworkers, uh, higher instances of mistakes at work, and of course, missed deadlines or targets. I also think that quiet quitting, which is a buzzword that was all the rage in 2022, is a symptom that employees are no longer willing to put their well-being aside for work, and they shouldn't be. If you want to learn more about my perspective on quiet quitting, you can check out episode 57 as well. Regardless of what you're seeing in your workplace, this has to be a priority if you want to keep great employees working for you. And in the short term, it may mean adjustments to expectations by leaders, as well as increased spending on much needed health and well-being benefits. You may need to make a business case to senior leadership so that they understand the importance of spending more. So what I would do is I would start addressing this by collecting some data, both quantitative and qualitative. Look at your turnover numbers, numbers of sick days, personal leaves, and the number of grievances or employee performance issues your organization is facing or dealing with. Figure out if anything has changed, and if so, where are you seeing changes, and try and understand why. Then I would start to look at increasing access to well-being benefits and services that can help employees manage their stress better. I sense that this year 
we will see a lot of employees also feeling that financial crutch. So perhaps thinking outside the box and offering lunch and learn sessions or free webinars um, that maybe give people a little more privacy where they can learn a little bit about debt reduction and financial planning. If you understand the stresses that people are facing, then you can provide benefits that are going to actually address those stresses. There is a lot you can do if you tap into local resources, or if you're working for a really small business, you might wanna partner with other small businesses to offer programs and services to your employees. Be creative and try to find out what your specific employees need and want to better support their overall well-being. Of course, my next priority could be a driver of well-being in the workplace, and that's workplace flexibility. As we recently saw with Tesla, Twitter, Disney, Starbucks, and some other large companies, some employers are taking a really hard line on a full return to the office for their workers. However, hard lines and limited flexibility does not seem to be what most employees want. Many surveys on the subject over the last 12 months indicate that more than 50% of workers want increased flexibility at work. For some, this means having a hybrid work schedule, and for others, this might mean 100% working from home. Many employers are able and willing to accommodate these desires by their workers. Yet, for some roles and some employers, this is not a long-term possibility. In episode 60 of the HR Mentor, I talk about some options HR teams and employers can consider for adding flexibility without work from home. So if this is an area of interest for you, be sure to check out that episode. And there are, of course, more options beyond the few I suggested. For example, choosing who people get to work with and some of the projects they get to be attached to can help employees feel a sense of control over their environment, their career, and their life, which, of course, does contribute to their well-being and overall satisfaction. This also impacts the ability of employers to keep employees longer and reduce the need to recruit, which I can tell you nobody wants to be doing right now. Ultimately, the way to approach workplace flexibility is to hear what your employees' wants and needs are. Encourage managers to engage with workers about their flexibility needs and see if you can find ways to address at least some of them. You may have to try things you've never tried before or offer some differentiated options, which I know can be tough, especially in unionized workplaces. But work with your union partners. The investment of time to figure this out is going to save you and your organization a lot of time, stress, and money in the long term. Okay, the third priority that I think HR professionals should be focused on this year is employee development. Now, this should come as no surprise to anyone given the challenges all organizations are facing with recruitment. Organizations and HR departments need to be focused on employee retention like never before. Of course, this aligns with the first two trends, but it also means investing in the careers of your existing employees. This is such a win-win for organizations because not only does it address the challenge with recruiting externally, 
but it also is a much desired employee benefit. A lot of HR experts and analysts are terming this upskilling or reskilling, but regardless of what you call it, it's important for you to take time to understand what skills and capabilities your organization needs in the short and long term in order to deliver on your operational priorities and your strategy. And then you need to figure out where you can develop that within your existing employee base. Of course, what we're really talking about here is workforce planning. Having good people data and an analytics function within your HR team would make this a heck of a lot easier. But even if you don't, taking some time to really understand what your organization requires in terms of skills and capabilities will benefit you immensely. If you're not sure kind of where to start with this, I recommend identifying critical roles in your organization. So these are ones that you absolutely cannot operate without or that are so critical to your strategy that it will be impossible to deliver on it without them. And then look for people in the organization who can be developed to fulfill those roles and make their development a priority. This of course takes some coordination of your entire organization and it does require folks in the HR department to have insight into the strategic direction that the organization's going. So if you're not already having these conversations and your HR team is not identifying critical skills and capabilities, you want to start doing that today. Now, this also brings me to another trend that a lot of folks are talking about didn't quite make my top five because it's wrapped up in some of these others, but that's HR analytics. Years ago, we were saying this was going to be a critical capability of HR departments and many organizations ignored that. Now they're finding that in order to conduct workforce planning, understand their employee needs and address their EDI agenda, they are left scratching their heads. It's really difficult to make good decisions without good information. So if you're interested in analytics or you're an HR leader investing in good systems, a skilled analytics person or group of people should really be a priority. Now, one last thing I'll say about employee development is that in order to address talent shortages, development might also look like non-traditional cross-training and non-traditional lateral moves. Part of this means you may have to relax your job requirements. If you're not able to find people outside the organization and the people you have within the organization don't meet your education or experience goals, you might have to really challenge yourself on what is actually required to perform certain functions. This might involve more on-the-job training, longer trial periods, and likely increased manager support in order to fill these talent gaps. However, investing in the people you already have now will help you address your talent needs in the future, and it will also help keep them engaged with your organization. If you're not going to do anything else this year, 
I highly recommend you start to look for ways that you can develop the people that are already within your organization. Because in many cases, this is also a long-term play because it takes time for people to develop new skills and capabilities. Okay, number four is automation and HR tech. I'm seeing a lot written right now about the use of automation and HR technology. Part of this is that we are in a labor market with a skill shortage, and we're also facing this on HR teams. There aren't enough HR people <laughs> to fill HR teams. So when you don't have as many people to do the work, one of the ways to address this is through automation and technology. This is not really a new phenomenon in HR, but it is becoming a more critical need. Creating systems and using tools to free up the time of your HR team members to focus on strategic planning and developing internal development programs is going to be critical this year. But they can't do that work if they're busy processing paperwork. Now, there's a lot of technology out there in the tech space to address your needs. Um, it might be something kind of straightforward, like virtual interview software, or it could be something more involved, like a complete HRIS system that allows for employee self-service. The more you can enable employees to access their own information, say register for their own training programs, input their own leave requests and time tracking, the more you free up the time of your HR team. Maybe you have an important training program all your employees have to complete on an annual basis. Another option that can free up some time if that training program doesn't require a lot of interaction is to invest in some software to create training videos and then you can offer the program on demand. Do you have an employee referral program that's managed through email or phone calls? You could automate the submission process. Does your employee onboarding program take days of one of your team members' time? This is a great process to automate. Probably will create a better experience for your new hires because they're going to get what they need on time and it frees up time for your HR team members. So look for ways that you can automate and leverage all the cool HR technology that's out there so that your own department can be more efficient and can focus on some of these more critical needs like employee development programs and employee wellness. Okay, the fifth and final priority is equity, diversity, and inclusion. Now, this has been an important topic for a number of years, but it does remain a critical priority for all HR teams, in my opinion. You may find yourself a little further along on your journey this year, but I do encourage you to keep EDI at the top of your HR strategy. Many of you may have started your journey by looking at your recruitment practices, and perhaps you offered some training to your managers about bias and the history of Indigenous people. These are important first steps, but our organizations need so much more. You might not be able to recruit an EDI expert right now because the market for this expertise is very competitive, but there's still a lot you can do within your team. Of course, you can hire consultants or contractors to help you implement an EDI agenda, or you can upskill your HR team 
and work on your own understanding and professional development. I would also encourage you to really take a look at your processes and practices to see where you may be creating unintended disadvantages or neg negatively affecting equity seeking groups within your organization. One way to understand this is to hire someone to conduct an assessment of your equity practices in your organization. If you can't afford that right now, Conduct stay interviews to understand the experience of the people in your organization that represent equity-seeking groups and really be open to hearing what they may need to feel safe and supported in your organization. Of course, I do recommend you have the guidance of a consultant um, to do that, but you don't want to get in the way of moving forward. You can also reach out to leaders in other organizations that are already doing this well and find out how they got started and what they're doing. EDI work is an investment in your organization and its future success. Yes, it's the right thing to do and there is an ROI uh, that can help your organization survive and grow, but it really is an investment in the long term. So make sure that you are taking some steps forward uh, to advance the equity, diversity, and inclusion of your workplace. Of course, take a listen to my interview with Sharon Ningueso. I love to recommend this episode. Uh, Sharon is an expert in this space. She's a consultant. She has online courses that you can take that will help you with recruitment and understanding um, unconscious bias training and some of the pitfalls with that. She's a wonderful person to work with, to listen to. So I encourage you to check that out. I will, of course, put a link in the show notes. All right, I am going to wrap things up there. So uh, the five priorities I see for HR teams in 2023, employee well-being, we've got workplace flexibility, employee development, HR automation and tech, and of course, doubling down on our equity, diversity and inclusion efforts. I hope that you found this helpful and interesting. I'd love to hear what you're seeing in your organization. Uh, so feel free to reach out and share your thoughts. And whether this is the first time you're listening or the 63rd time you're listening to me, I want to say thank you. Um, the HR Mentor Podcast is just under 200 downloads away from 10,000 listens. Um, I'd love to see the start of this season put us at that monumental milestone. So please share this podcast with your HR friends and your network. I'm always blown away by the number of you who listen and of course, where you're listening from. The HR Mentor has been downloaded in over 70 countries now and the list just keeps growing. It's amazing. As I said, I also love hearing your feedback. Which episode's your favorite? What have you learned from listening to me talk or from my guests? Feel free to share your feedback with me. It also helps more people find the podcast and benefit from this community if you like it or leave a comment where you're listening. 
If you're not a member of the HR Mentor Fan Club yet, be sure to sign up today and get access to the amazing extras and resources that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. You can find the link in the show notes. And of course, you can find a list of all the episodes on Podbean, our home base, at www.thehrmentor.podbean.com. In the show notes, you'll also find links to some of the other episodes that I talked about and where you can sign up for the newsletter and the fan club membership. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. Click the button wherever you're listening. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Your time is greatly appreciated. Take care. Bye for now.